Hi, everyone, and welcome to Reclaiming Filipinx Identity. Today on the podcast, I have Brandon Loresco with me today. He is a longtime friend, met him in high school, and he is someone that I've known for quite a while now. But yeah, hi, Brandon. Hey, Chachi. Thank you for welcoming me into your podcast today. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what exactly do you do? Yeah, so um, I'm Brandon Loresco, born and raised in Hawaii. Um, I have taken education uh, up until college here in Hawaii. I recently graduated from HPU and I also studied abroad in South Korea for a year. And now I've been full-time um, a financial educator helping people for the last four years. And um, my, I am a second generation um, American Filipino. And, you know, I would just say, like, if you ask who I am, I actually say that I'm an educator, advocate of financial literacy, determined, world traveler, and a caring Filipino. Very exciting. How was your upbringing like with, especially with how you grew up with your family? How did your parents raise you to be like? So, you know, who shaped me the most is my family, of course. And um, it reminds me of an event back in senior year of high school. So I made this letter to my parents in this contest. So about 2015, 2016. And I learned how to be someone who is strong, build tenacity despite challenges for my mother. I learned how to be strong-willed and a hard worker like my father. And I didn't address this in the um, letter, but um, I learned to be a risk taker and very determined for my sister. But the general community in Hawaii, especially through our family and relatives, we learn to take care and love for each other. Especially, you know, when we come from Filipino families, we come from very big family, right? But, you know, I just came from a very caring atmosphere who cultivated to who I am today. As you mentioned, when you told me how you were raised, are you more close to your one parent or both parents? Well, um, coming from a family, especially in Hawaii, where it's very expensive to live in, Mm -hmm. uh, my dad has two full-time jobs. My mom had one, but she got sick, so um, she's home most of the time. Um, I've gotten closer with my mom, but... I do some build connection with my dad when he's free on the weekends or some half days when he's off. But generally, I'm closer to my mom since she's more available. Thank you for sharing. I always like to ask that because it's nice to know the background within our family first before starting to get to know you as a person. So as to start this interview... Have you personally struggled with embracing your cultural identity? Like, have you been ashamed of, like, who you are as Filipino? Or have you had no problems, like, growing up as Filipino? You're just like, okay, I accept myself. So, yes, I would say I personally struggled embracing my cultural identity. Especially in my childhood, um, I'll be so confused or challenged in my identity of being Filipino or being an American. And um, 
you know, I would say back then, I was pretty confident, pretty happy when I was very young. You know, um, like singing my favorite songs in Filipino, I would get the pronunciation correctly because we don't care about English or versus other pronunciation. We just sing how we hear it. But as I got older, you know, going through childhood, um, like when I hear my family back then speak in their native tongue, I would be like, why are you guys speaking Spanish? Or I'll be so embarrassed back then just hanging out with them. And it's just simply childish. But I didn't know better back then. Um, I was the youngest in my generation amongst my mom's side. So many of my cousins, they already had kids or they had kids who are even older than me. So a lot of people my age didn't understand the Philippine identity. But on my dad's side, um, a lot of them came from the Philippines more recently. They knew more Filipino than me. They had, they're embracing the culture more than myself. And um, that's how I would say I struggled. It was pretty difficult um, trying to figure out um, when I decided to embrace my Filipino identity. And I'm not sure if you mentioned this, Brandon, but can you speak in your native tongue or just understand? So I can get a bit of understanding. So native tongue would be Pangasinan. Um, that's what is mainly spoken in my family. Of course, they speak um, Tagalog. I know a little bit of Ilocano, but I know very little. Like enough to just communicate with my grandma back then. Um, my daughter had to take care of her in old age. Uh, she was maybe in her late 80s. And I would just have to tell her like certain things like, you know, sit down, lay down, eat, don't touch. But I could never really communicate more than that. But I could get understanding from her what she's trying to say to me. And your grandparents are still here with you? Um, so all of them passed except for my grandma. Um, she lived with me for a little bit back in childhood. She would um, we would share the same room and she wanted to come back to Hawaii. But most of her kids are in California. But now she went back to the Philippines to just, you know, enjoy the, the rest of her life over there and um, be back at her roots. Like retirement? Yeah, so she's retiring there. Um, she's still pretty strong. Took care of the many of our kids, our uh, my little cousins, but now she's just resting, enjoying her retirement back in the Philippines. How do you see yourself with your own cultural identity? I see that I am more engaging and I have um, the willingness to learn my Filipino culture. I'm proud to be a Filipino-American who loves to learn other cultures, but I do not want to forget our heritage, you know, my heritage. Um, because one of my grandmothers dying in the past and living away from home for a while, um, when I was studying abroad in Korea, I started to appreciate, you know, um, the cultural identity of being Filipino. Um, I started to appreciate the recipes and the effort made into the food. I want to learn our native tongue. Since I could not communicate with my grandmother, I was like, okay, I want to make this a goal to start learning a little bit every time so I could perfect um, Pangasinan since it's not widely spoken. I also just learning about controlling our future through work, you know, building a proper financial foundation. 
I started to place value in passing along our family stories, recipes to the next generation, trying to figure out, you know, what kind of legacy that I can leave that I got from my grandparents. What could I leave for my future generations? Telling them, you know, this is how our family was like, how our family was brought up, um, where they came from in the Philippines. And when they started to come here in Hawaii and start, you know, building something for us, what we have today. This is totally off tangent, but I remember I'd interview someone. She, had, it was the same as you. Um, she's also Pangasinan and similar aspects. Like she's recreating some of the memories of her grandparents and like creating the cookbooks that her parents pass on to her. So like when you mentioned like what you're trying to do, it's kind of like, that's kind of a beautiful way of re, sorry, immersing yourself within our culture itself. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like looking back in history, like sometimes history is lost, right? Or sometimes mm-hmm. um, things are burned and we can never get back what happened in the past. So, you know, learning from spending cherishable time with my grandparents, with my family, and, you know, not being home. I think the biggest moment for me was when I was in Korea, the first time I was gone, um, I was pretty lonely, very lonely. I came into a point where I went into this school. Um, many of the people, they, could, they can speak English, but many of them from the, are from the same school, which is in California. In Texas, there are European people, Japanese people, Chinese people, but there is not really any islander. There was barely any Filipinos there, and I was starting to feel alone. But I met one of these Filipino girls, Carmela. She was really cool. Um, she's my ate over there, and we started hanging out more because we shared the same culture. And she was she even made some um, recipes for me when I got sick. And I started to build, um, you know, a longing, yearning for um, to learn more about my culture while I'm in a different place. And that's what really helped me understand, you know, the, the power, powerfulness of understanding who you are, your cultural identity. And again, when I went back to Korea again for another semester, I was lonely again. <laughs> I went to the city in Seoul. I was, it was good, but... It was hard. There's so many people there. And this time there was barely any native English speakers. There's Filipino people, but I couldn't communicate with them. And I was missing the food again. So what I did is there is this Sunday market, I think open every other Sunday. And I went there a couple of times with the Filipino market. A little bit expensive, but it was nice to get all the foods, um, get my favorite mochi, get... Uh, my favorite pancit, instant pancit. And it was just nice, you know, getting to a point where you understand how important um, carrying on your culture and being able to share it with people. Because I was so thankful to just be in the spot where I'm like, okay, I can spend more time appreciating the Filipino heritage and embracing it through these memes. And with that in mind, um, with you studying abroad in Korea, did you ever felt like 
lost in a way because like you are in another country like Korea and like did you ever felt lost in a sense like I I want to like I want to like you know like those um you become like so close with another um culture that you tend to like oh I like this culture better than my own culture like that kind of thing because like you did went like you did went to Korea and then like have you ever like felt that kind of like shift sometime? Yes, um, I think going into another country and trying to embrace another culture, I was there to build on my experience, understanding business from a new perspective. And I felt like, okay, challenge myself. Let's go to another place. Uh, my sister influenced me about Korea when she was in high school. Um, I was going to go to another country, but the language requirements were difficult. So I went to somewhere that's easier. So there I was in Korea. And I started to love the culture more. I wasn't there for, you know, the, the K-pop aspect, the K-drama aspect. I was there because it sounded great. And the, the place looked beautiful. But when I went there, you know, at times I would feel like, wow. You know, I realized, you know, not just my Filipino identity, but I'm not, maybe I'm not too well in touch with understanding the Hawaiian heritage and sharing the backgrounds of both you know, Hawaii and Filipinos. And there I felt like, okay, um, you know, am I loving a culture too much? But later, you know, I realized, you know, I'm just here to embrace a community. And in the end, when I was there, I was happy to meet someone who was Asian, who can share the Filipino heritage with me share like some recipes that I can hold dear to my heart like sour soup and people loved it they loved our mochi and it was like to a point I came across from feeling like I'm embracing another culture too much to a point where I can be like okay no now I can bring in both because I feel like oh why am I going to a place and I'm trying to study a language and I can barely understand my native tongue my parents' native tongue. So it kind of hurt me, but, you know, we're here to just find a way to communicate with, with other people, um, build our relationship. And I felt that um, just learning from that experience, it helped me embrace my cultural identity more. That was actually really beautiful, like total respect to that. And to transition, what does it mean for you to reclaim your Filipino identity? You know, I think it means to make a decision and decide in that moment how you want to embrace your Filipino culture. Growing up, we knew ourselves that our family is Filipino and that there's a certain culture going on, but maybe some questions can be the extent of we embrace it from understanding the background to trying to learn a new language. You know, we, we find ways to embrace the, the Filipino identity through cooking recipes, through dances. And I think it's a way for us to just um, reclaiming as a point of us making a decision that, okay, we are going to start making a change in our life 
that we are going to, you know, maybe learn a little bit every day. Uh, maybe not just embracing it all at once, but taking your time, loving the process, trusting the process, and letting time be your friend when trying to reclaim our Filipino identity. And if you could tell yourself, younger self of you, one thing about our Filipino culture, like one thing, what would you tell yourself? If, um, time, time, sorry, age would be 12 years old, your 12 years old self. Like what would you tell your 12 year old self? Okay, let's see. My 12 year old self, I would consider that maybe I think elementary, right? At the end of elementary. Um, and I looked at 12-year-old self. At that time, I actually went back to Philippines for my second time um, for my uncle's wedding. I went there and I felt kind of distraught going into a, my parents' hometown. But then I felt like, oh, I couldn't speak. I couldn't say any English or else um, you don't know what's going to happen. They're going to charge us more or something if we're out in the community. And I felt like, wow, um, I should have told myself, you know, um, you should take more time to understanding your family's background. Take time to maybe start practicing some words beforehand, some phrases. and just being more open to family because you go over there and the family um they they're expecting to see you because it's been so long um they tell you stories that they remember taking care of you they have pictures of you from before kindergarten but you come there and you're too embarrassed you're too shy so don't be afraid you know um as family they're here to love you the Filipino culture is all about carrying one another, having a huge family. So you should embrace it and just reciprocate that and try to um, involve them in your life more. Try to engage with, them, engage with them more. Like what you used to back in when you're super young. You're, when I was my first time in the Philippines, um, very young, um, before kindergarten, but we had nothing else in the world to care about but just having fun spending time with our family building great relationships and then you get older and you start thinking too much you think about reputation you start thinking about um how you see yourself how other perceives you but it should matter of you know are you happy with your family at this time make the decision that's gonna make you happy in the long run if I was your 12-year-old self, I would feel like very kind of touched, like hearing you say that, especially because I think many of our generations now, it's come to the point where they're like kind of stuck, feeling stuck in a way, but that's a great transition for your advice to the next generation. So what I advise the next generation is do not be afraid to embrace your culture, regardless of how much you know at the moment. Down the road, we will thank ourselves for carrying on those stories. 
the recipes, the arts, the language, you know, just the legacy in general. This will be something that we would want to hold on to dearly to feel closer to our Philippine identity. For example, I know that maybe a lot of people on my mom's side may not be fluent, may not understand our language or know how to make Filipino foods. But my dad's side, like I mentioned earlier, they know a lot more. They are more, um, they came from the Philippines more recently. And we just see, you know, different changes between people our age, you know, what they know of our culture. But take time, you know, again, take time, love the process. Um, it's, it's a, it can be a little bit difficult, but know it's your background. And this is something that you want to share with yourself in the future to your future generations and keep on with you as great memories. Is there anything that you wanted to learn more about our Filipino culture? I think I would want to understand more about the different communities, like especially within people who speak similar dialects, since I know there are many dialects present in the Philippines. And I hear about the conflicts that we have with people um, with different dialects, different communities. So I want to understand, you know, more of the upbringing, the history of Pangasinan and understanding how it's like, you know, what is it, how are they feeling, how, how are they perceived amongst other communities? Because I know even back then, um, there can be jokes about people who speak Pangasinan. It sounds different. It's, it's near Ilocos. Um, they speak similar similar language, but the enunciation is a little bit different. So I felt that, you know, I want to learn from that perspective, that history about the differences in the languages and how the people were um, communicating with each other. As of right now, what do you know? Um, I know that, like my mom, since she came from there at a young age she came to america and there's there can be some jokes about um like when you speak pangsanan and they call it pangbalotok i don't know if i said it correctly but it's like making fun yeah it's like making fun of how they speak right and um this reminds me of you know her just sharing with me um what it was like for her to go to high school and she's young. She, her family tells her that she speaks Pangsanang a little bit differently. Her accent's a little bit funny, but they didn't correct her. But she goes into high school and, you know, can get fun, made fun of the people who speak Tagalog or even the same um, dialect. And they're like, oh, you speak a little bit funny. Um, why do you speak like that? And of course, they're speaking it in Filipino. And um, it just, it ties in with understanding um, you know, the differences between different dialects, many different dialects that there are out there in Philippines. And it's just something that I felt like it's an issue that we should bring up, an issue that I want to understand more because um, it shouldn't be something to make fun of. You know, this is, we all come from different communities. Like 
like maybe smaller villages, smaller communities within the larger picture of the Philippines. But, you know, we need to understand that we all have our own way of speaking, our own way of doing, but we're all still Filipinos, proud Filipino to share our culture. Yeah. And I think you bring up upon that because like that kind of goes into the entire like realm of ethnic humor, especially like being in Hawaii where you hear like those comedians like Frank Lima, Agiti, even Joe Foy, like they have like the sense of they think it's funny to like make fun of your accent and like it becomes so normalized by them that when people do it it kind of like when you hear when you hear the actual person speaking it people will kind of be like oh and like you kind of don't know what to go from there because like you you see it being normalized but it's kind of wrong like accents are not meant for people to joke around like it's it's like it's a really sensitive topic but because of like comedians like them that try to normalize normalize it it kind of the it kind of get lost and people can be like kind of numb to it in a way like oh okay Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean um yeah we support comedians who want to bring up filipino identity bring up the culture and they have made a great change yeah, and, you know, great point about ethnic humor. And we do want to recognize the notable people that has brought and made Filipino heritage aware to many people out there, like especially in America, like Joy Coy when he was sharing in his recent segment. And um, we want to recognize them. They did a great job. Also, yeah, at times we need to take a look at it. Um, you don't want to maybe joke around too much. You also want to understand, you know, where do we stop it? It can be a point where, okay, we see it on a show, he brought up the issue. It's a way for them to bring up issues in a comedic way. But it shouldn't be something that would be um, a way for you to promote, continue to talk about, oh, um, I'm going to make fun of these people because they speak like this. and. It shouldn't be brought up like that. It's a way for them to bring up an issue, give you a better picture of it, so you can see it from another perspective, but not something for you to continue on to demean someone, to make them feel less about where they came from, how they speak, how they act. And um, it's just an important issue that we should look at. Right. And... Honestly, like when it comes to like ethnic humor, like jokes, I think jokes is a way to hide the pain that they went through. For some comedians. But colonial mentality, because you asked, trying to like find a great way to explain it, but. There's five signs of colonial mentality, and five of them is first, feeling of inferiority of, of being Filipino, feeling ashamed and embarrassed for being Filipino, discriminating against less westernized Filipinos, 
desiring lighter skin or other European physical traits, like no the nose, facial features, and then the last part is like denying or tolerating or minim minimizing the historical modern day oppression of Filipinos. So like basically like like the internalized like thoughts of like oh I wish I was this kind of like type of like people like you know like oh my god whenever I try to explain colonial mentality like it's a really wide range of like a topic itself that you don't know how you know you know what it is but when you try to explain it, it's kind of like it's hard because it's something that we we are still trying to unlearn from especially because Philippines was colonized as a nation so yeah. mm -hmm. and the question of just you know my feeling of or where my point of view or standpoint and colonial mentality is right yeah, and um, I think, you know, I would feel maybe, um, hmm. Would you like an example? <laughs> I mean, it's, sorry, so is this colonial mentality of, like, Spanish colonizing in Philippines or, like, you know, just in general, like, um, mixing of different cultures, like, when you come into America and you're mixing... Philippine heritage with other heritage? A little bit of both. I'll give you an example. So this is what I got from a book that I'm reading. So it is, my father is Filipino-American. He was born in San Francisco, California. I feel deeply saddened to say that my father was a victim of colonial mentality. My mother is European ancestry. I truly believe my father married my mother simply to improve his status in the US and to pro produce the ideal mestiza child, namely me. I grew up in my father worshiping my half-white status. Of course, as a teenager, I felt superior because of my mestiza looking bloodline. I grew up ignoring and sometimes hating my Filipino side. And this was an excerpt from Brown Skin, White Minds. Yeah. Mm. I see. Okay, and for me, um. I think, you know, first my mother is the first one to come to America and my dad to follow along soon after. And I mean, not to feel inferior about it, about like the whole concept of everyone trying to come to America for better opportunity. You know, but at least we're here to look for something better for ourselves, you know, looking from their perspective. Because there's Filipinos who go to many places um, I have aunties and I know people who went to China to work for a couple of years. They went to Korea, Dubai. Filipinos have went to many places to find better opportunity for their future. And yeah, I may feel superior to be American, to have that status, to come here, to have um, this American freedom. But um, I know my point when to consider what was the purpose of everything and um, understanding that this is not for like appropriation or anything, but to consider 
we are here to look for better opportunity. But what could have been taken maybe far when we feel in fear is when you come in and, you know, there's maybe bullying or humor made up from, you know, a minority coming in. And I'm thankful to be in Hawaii where, you know, that shouldn't be a big problem because there's many Filipinos here. You know, we make up a great part of Hawaii. And um, I feel that, you know, at this point of time, I'm in a great place. I'm happy where I am to have such great decisions. Um, great being, you know, large decisions that they had to make, you know, coming here, you know, coming, fighting for America to bring in family and then to sponsor other people to help, you know, live a life together, to try something new. I admire that. Those are great decisions um, in terms of being at just a large decision for, for affecting family, affecting your future, your history. But um, I'm thankful for the decisions that are made to where we are today. Yeah, yeah, um, this got a little like curious in a way, but I guess it's a really great way to kind of like have like this conversation and dialogue with a couple like friends because like it's like being aware of like what is currently going on within our Filipino community because colonial mentality is one that affects nearly half, not some population. Mm -hmm. So with that saying, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? So 10 years from now, I would envision myself starting a happy chapter, you know, in our 30s, a home that I was able to build a down payment for. Um, I'm planting my mango, marungai, papaya trees, you know, um, trying to get more vegetables and fruits. And I'm great point as a business owner and a financial educator. I, I am fluent in either one of the main dialects or Pangasinan and being able to visit the Philippines again. At this point, I just feel like it'll be a great time. I'm meeting many of my friends that I've made all over the U.S. from different countries and just feeling prouder of my identity as I've made a goal in the past, the decision to start embracing, starting to build up a vault of all of this legacy that I can share, these stories, these recipes, um, what our culture is to bring on for our next generation. So that's where I see myself from 10 years from now. And with that scene, do you see yourself with building a financial literacy when 10 years from now, like making it more like open. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. And, um, you know, 10 years from now, when we look at the financial perspective, especially from my profession of being a financial educator, um, we're here to bridge the gap, helping um, all of America to figure out where they could be in a better point of their finances. You know, be properly protective, out of debt, have emergency fund or investments to figure out, you know, how can we live on the rest of our life? Not worry about 
retirement in terms of I'm going to retire by this age because this is when everyone retires. But the matter of, okay, I have enough funds for this. I, I am mentally, emotionally, financially, and spiritually prepared for this. And, you know, this, this process, especially for like building a financial foundation, is never ending. Um, I met many people from their backgrounds and they're always building upon their stuff because lifestyle change, uh, family changes, life happens. And we always got to consider, you know, how can we better protect ourselves and consider, you know, how can we control our future? So I hope that I can share many of these concepts with many people, especially the Filipino community. I'm so glad that I could, just this past few months, meet Filipinos, especially young Filipinos from different professions, nurses, educators, accountants, all across the U.S. and just start um, working with them to figure out how can we help educate America? How can we help educate people? Because knowledge is power. And as we can provide the knowledge to people, they are better educated people to make better decisions for themselves. And all in all, just have a better future because these are the decisions that they made by gaining the knowledge. Exactly. And I can't wait for what's to come with YFB, YSB and WSB. WSB. <laughs> and what more you are being called out there for our communities. Thank you. I'm very glad to just be here again just share my story and, you know, my thoughts on um, all these different topics that we have discussed today. And just to end, because this is becoming very consistent-wise, what is your favorite food, your favorite Filipino word, and your favorite Filipino word? Okay, so my favorite food, um, listening to the other podcast, it was great. I know Chris talked about kare kare, and that was so good. I love that food. But to recognize maybe the underdog, I would say dinuguan, because I think um, it's an interesting kind of food where it's called chocolate meat, but it's not chocolate. That kind of hurt me when I was a child to find that out. But it was still pretty delicious. So if you can eat that food um, despite um, maybe religious restrictions. I think it's a great food to try and it's very delicious. In terms of my favorite Filipino word, um, bali bali would be my favorite word. And is what this means... Oh, yeah, this is, yeah, this is in Pangasinan. So the background of this word is that my nanai or my grandma from my dad's side, um, when I used to hang out with her, she would tell me you know, she would try things on. She'd look in the mirror and she's like, oh, Bali Bali. And um, it's so nice just hearing her expressiveness. And when she looks at you and she can be very dearly and say, oh, Bali Bali, like, this is so nice. Like, you know, having a good time. I look great. Just the meaning of nice and how she says it. But it also reminds me of another um, word if I can share with you. Um, she also likes to say, makapalun, which is, it's funny. And it's it's just these words. Um, it's not not many people know it, but 
you know, how she says it in the conversation, having good time. And all of a sudden, well, maybe I said a joke and she'll be like, oh, Makapa, look. And it's like, oh, my, that was so funny. And it's like, you know, you make me laugh. And it just brings up the smile, just seeing her bright up, her eyes bright up, her smile. And say these few words. And um, even though she's in the Philippines right now, I can I can hear her words um, still vividly through my through my head going on. I think if, like, hearing you just speak your, like, own mother, it's all, like, Pangasinan is so, it's all, like, the the way you speak that is so, like, very different. Like, it's, I find it very, um, what's that word? I'm losing it. Um, it reminds me of, like, uh, an Ayug in Ilocano, but I don't know, I just, like, I never hear it a lot, so like hearing like you like you kind of like say it or pronounce it is very kind of nostalgic in a way. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word, but nostalgic. Okay, thank you. I mean, it's not like um, are you comparing it to what other people say, like how they say it, or it's just like a new, unique thing, and it's nice to hear, you know, a different dialect and how we express ourselves. I guess like it's nice to hear a different language, especially. I don't know. Um, I think I would rather call it a language because like dialect is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between language and dialect. I learned that because my professor in Ilocano was like, "Oh, like what dialect of Ilocano do you speak?" And it's like, "No, it's not a dialect. It's a language." It's like, oh, "Okay," but like, and then I kind of like researched it. Like Pangasinan is a language, so it's not a dialect. Maybe you have like a different, like where you're from, like where your parents are from. Like they have a different dialect of Pangasinan that they speak. But yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it's hard to you know figure out the difference between language and dialect because there's so mm-hmm. many in the Philippines. But yeah, we should embrace each and every one of them. And I'm happy to just share. You know what I learned. It may not be. Um, like maybe the most correct way to say it, but that's what how my mom says it, how my grandma says it, and just trying to um, reciprocate that and trying to share what I hear. You know what what brings up my my mood when I hear those words. Mm-hmm. And it's okay too, like if you don't know how to say it, because like it's even if like you try to say it and like oh okay, that's not that's not how you say it, but it's still like I'm trying and like. That's how I learn. That's how we learn. It's like when we say it, like, okay. And then they correct us. That's how it's supposed to be, like. Yes. But because I'm starting this new thing and because you have your own mother tongue, are you able to teach me how to speak in Pangasinan? Because I don't know how to speak it. And I tried to, I did a word of the day in my previous Instagram but I still don't know how to pronounce it, pronounce any of the words. Like, I know some words, but I kind of forgot some of them. Like, I know, like, Akinawa. That's the only one I remembered in <laughs> I mean, I don't know a lot either. I can tell my grandma, you know, like, oh, it's hot, it's cold. Lay down, sit down, eat now, don't touch your scab but um some things i can introduce myself so let me i can can i just say it right now in pangsanon 
Mm, you can say it right now. Okay. So, kumusta kayo namin sa narongko Baron Loresco? Salamat ya pa balok at sikayan amin od en pandanol o et saya. So, it took me a while actually to get this down. I tried practice with my mom. Again, my mom has um, an accent, but no one really corrected her. Then I talked to my dad about it later. And then he said, okay. Um, he just tried to help me. But pretty much I said, you know, um, hello, everybody. My name is Bran Lorezko. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. And that's what I practically said in just those um, few phrases. Wow. No, because I'm reading, like, th- when you were, like, speaking in Pangasinan, like, I'm reading it, and I'm just like, how you said it is different from what I'm reading. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and yes, that's my mom was trying to teach me, you know, like, these some words, like, it's going to be hard, like, narang, or um, in pandal, um, nago. Like I have, I'm, I had to practice that to keep practicing, practicing it. But I mean, of course, if we're younger, if we're not thinking of reading it and we're just trying to listen, it starts to make more sense. Like again, when I was young, I was seeing Bagatina um, Banohon pretty well. I I sang that whole song when I was young, and they're like, "Oh, Brand, good pronunciation back then." But then now, when you try to um, you try to sing it, read it, and you have English in your head, and you're, you start to you start to mix up different things. And I think it's pretty cool to see how Pangasinan is able to um, have their written language and how and see how we express it, how we say it. So thank you. I'm glad that I could share uh, my parents' native tongue with you today. I wish. I can hear more Pangasinan, honestly. I don't know. I love hearing other Philippine languages. It's just so beautiful. And like, and I, and I really like my hopes and like, ask, my hopes and dreams is that many of the like younger, like Filipino who immigrated here or who are coming here, who is being born here at this moment their parents like came from the philippines and like they have like a different like they were born with like a different language of the philippines like i hope like they have that courage to like learn their history learn like their ancestry and whatnot because like it's this like languages in the philippines that like are going in, in extinct because it's that um not being like because you know like how some parents doesn't really teach the language because they don't have time and whatnot and like the the idea of the Mm -hmm. colonial mindset comes in again like I really wish like my hopes and aspiration or not aspiration dreams is like to have this sort of like solidarity between like Philams and then the Filipinos in the Philippines and whatnot but yeah yeah I mean <laughs> no, like just to end it, you know, it just when you hear someone speak the language, you already know it's a little bit different. You know, I can't, it's hard for me to understand Ilocano and try to make it similar to Pangasinan. Even though they may be in the same region or area, the language is different. But when my grandma would go around back when she was in Hawaii, she would listen in 
And if she hears someone speak the the language, then she will just be so happy and start talking to them. And it's and I mean, it's, it can be hard. You know, we don't have time to learn, don't have time to teach it, but we gotta make it a priority. Um, it shows for myself that I'm I having a hard time, but I made sure to make an effort to try and learn it. At least this phrase, you know, I think this really means well to you know listening into this podcast today, man. I'm glad that I could share this with you. I can tell you more jokes um, that making jokes of what some words in Pangasinan sound sound very similar or how it sounds to different da- um, languages. But I can share with you that another time. But thank you. Definitely. And like, before we like end, I like search up commonly used Pangasinan sentences. I'm going to like, I want to hear you kind of say this. Because I don't want to butcher. So I, I'm not good at reading. Are you chatting it to me? Yeah, I chatted it to you. <laughs> okay, so unfortunately, I don't know if I can say this. Um, man, panawa kamet. I think I'm reading it from how I read it, but you know, from how Pangasinan people read it, probably a little bit different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what is the meaning of that of that one? It says, take time to rest because it is nighttime right now. And like, that's the first thing that I kind of like um, saw on the, or the other phrase. There. I was like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> okay. Maybe to end it off, how do you say it in your mother tongue? <laughs> wow. See, it's, it's pretty cool to hear, you know, the difference in already what you can just- read. That's just saying goodnight. I didn't know oh. how to translate it to Ilocano. And see, that's, that's hard to read. We, we don't know if you're understanding each other. But at least we can still communicate. But yeah, okay. Na rabi'i, meaning goodnight in Ilocano. Um, I might know how to say that take time to rest. But it's just like, when they, like, you know when people ask you, oh, can you translate this? You kind of like, you can't really think in the spot. You just have to like, it has to come out there. Like, you know, like, when you have to pee, like, you can't force it. Like, you have to, like, something has to, like, drive you to say it. Like, that's mm-hmm, a really yeah. bad analogy. There, There but, is yeah. no literal translation, but you can get, like, the gist of it mm-hmm. of translation. So that's why there's lost in translation, but, mm-hmm. you know, we, we both mean this. We both are trying to mean the same thing. Yes. But yeah, thank you again, Marilyn, for joining me in this podcast. And thank you for teaching me your dialect, you know, your language especially. Even I get confused between language and dialect, even though like I know the difference. But it's like, it's a really common mistake, honestly. <laughs> thank you, Chachi. Thank you again. Salamat po. I'm glad that I could share uh, my, my understanding, my journey. And thank you for listening. And also to add on, I keep I didn't ask you in like during the podcast, but like were you also part in HPU Filipino Club? I don't um, know if you said your college. <laughs> yeah, I was from Hawaii Pacific University. So we go by HPU. Um I was always there to support the Filipino Club, but I could never make it to the meetings. So that's unfortunate, but um, I was always there to support them. I'm real good friends with Chris and Denden and the others who are part of that club. I'm happy that they had great events. It's unfortunate I couldn't meet, you know, like UH Manoa, Filipino Club. But, you know, don't, it doesn't stop me from now mm-hmm. 
trying to get connected with the community um, from seeing UC Davis, Filipino club, or meeting different the different people in the Filipino community from different areas. So it, it, you don't, we can always take advantage of opportunities to meet with people, embrace our culture, with people our age. Hmm. Wait, you said UC Davis. Right, so that's the that's that's the one that you were able to invite me to back then, um, one of their um, events, and one of my coworkers from California got involved and was trying to do a presentation for them on how to become your own money manager, and I was able to attend one of their events, um, Philippine X, and with that, I found out they're from UC Davis, if I'm not mistaken, so it was pretty weird, you know. It was for UC Davis, but it was for more than just UC Davis. So we had people from East Coast, and then me, the farthest from Hawaii, who could attend it. What event was this? This was maybe um, la ending of May. So this is mm-hmm. one I shared with you personally before. Is this the financial thing? No. So this is the one... Um, those on their Instagram page, you told me to check out their page and they, they had the event coming up. So I shared with you that before one of my um, financial literacy events. It was right before that they had one. Now I have to like check that. I don't know what event they said. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just in general, we can take advantage of opportunity. Yeah. We can meet many people from different places. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy now with social media, with Zoom. Um, we can look, take a look at this uncertain time and make use of it to build connection with people and try to strengthen ourselves. Definitely. And if you ever, like, need to build, like, certain, like, connection, like, there's groups all around, like, social media being formed. Like, are you part of Subtle Filipino Treats on Facebook? Um, I think so, but if not, you can add me in for sure. But yeah, um, honestly, just to like plug, plug, but like subtle Filipino trades is a perfect way to connect with different Filipinos, like globally. Like there's people from Australia, Canada, continental states, and Hawaii, and even like people from Hawaii, like in the group, and like you can just like chat converse like if you want to share like events and stuff like you want to share your financial stuff there like you can definitely like plug in also like it's it's where i've met my closest friends honestly like it's true that group and like shout out to like my friends from california that got me involved with that group because it's through that that built the connection and like what you said like we're living in a digital age like you can literally meet anyone be connected with someone not even like in the same state as you and like you can connect through social media so yeah thank you brandon for joining again um it was nice having this conversation with you even though it's a little bit past 10 and you have to wake up early in the morning but yeah thank you for taking the time Mm -hmm. yes thank you chachi it was a great time to talk